You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call, as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers defeat Northern Kentucky 79-61 to move to 10-2 on this young season. Uh, And really, it was a tale of two halves, as Indiana absolutely dominated the first half, uh, leading 38-14 at the half. Uh, you know, in part because of some really good defensive play, which we'll get into, in part because of some pretty good zone offense at times. Um, and it really just felt like a game that Indiana would totally cruise. And, I mean, they did cruise. Indiana was never out of control of this game, or not in control of this game. But the second half was a little lackluster, as Northern Kentucky ends up outscoring Indiana 46-41 to in the second half. Uh, you're really getting comfortable from downtown, making some threes. The Hoosiers just not quite as intense uh, <laughs> You know, in that second half, uh, which I guess can be explained a little bit. You know, they know they're getting ready to go home for Christmas. Uh, So I think we all would have liked to see a little bit more in the second half. But there were plenty of positives to take from the first half. And we will break it all down here on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips. And let's start this show the way that we start every show. And that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And for the banner moment, I'm going back to the 1343 mark in the first half. And that is when Xavier Johnson... Uh, was playing defense out on the perimeter, really doing a nice job of staying on his man, but stepping into a dribbling lane uh, and actually got his hand into a passing lane and kind of poked it away, got a steal, took it coast to coast, was fouled, made one free throw. And really the story of that first half for Indiana was turning defense into offense and just absolutely suffocating Northern Kentucky. Uh, There was a a stretch of more than 10 minutes where Northern Kentucky didn't score at all. And this defensive play by Xavier Johnson was in there. Indiana was switching. Just everything they were doing defensively was working. It certainly helped that one of Northern Kentucky's better players uh, was out with foul trouble and they were missing some of the open looks that they did get. But that was in large part because Indiana was just absolutely taking it to them, really connected, really active, really energetic. Some of the best defense that we've seen all season. Uh, And again, that 10-minute stretch, they didn't score at all. And so, you know, that play by Xavier Johnson was really a big part of that because the, the defense out on the perimeter was really, really good. But the other reason that I'm picking that play is because this was really a terrific night for Xavier Johnson, uh, both in the in the first half and the second half. He finishes with not the most overwhelming stat line, but eight points, five rebounds, five assists, two steals, and just one turnover. And really, you know, might have been his best game in terms of being able to manage being aggressive and, you know, pushing the ball when it was there, but taking what the defense gave and not trying to do too much. And obviously he has been a lightning rod, uh, you know, for this Indiana team with some of his shot selection, with some of his decision making uh, in the half court. And tonight I thought he really hit all the right beats and did a really nice job of leading this team uh, when he was the point guard on the court, both on offense and at the point of attack on defense. So a really nice job for Xavier Johnson tonight. Uh, and that play is our banner moment. And uh, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel. They are now in their fifth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and their first as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And I certainly hope that you placed a lot of orders at Homefield Apparel for Christmas. Uh, but even if you didn't, or if you're looking for you know belated Christmas gifts, or if you're starting to think ahead, even for Valentine's Day or for someone's birthday, uh, or a back to work or a back to school gift, whatever, you want to go to Homefield Apparel. Because if it's for the IU fans in your life, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. They have beloved logos, like two different versions of the bison. I actually bought one of the hoodies for my dad and one of the t-shirts for my brother for Christmas. Hopefully they are not listening to this. I don't think they are. Uh, And they also have 120 different schools also that you can choose from with unique vintage logos for all of them. And no matter what you buy, you know it'll be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through the Kelly School of Business. And what could be better than that? So go to homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right. Well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And that is a one-man team. Over to Mr. Ryan Phillips. Ryan, your rant on this Indiana victory. 
Well, as somebody who's been banging the drum that Indiana needs to play a complete 40 minutes at some point, I actually wasn't that disappointed with the second half. I will say I thought they were playing pretty well defensively, and then Northern Kentucky just started hitting some contested threes, and that was eventually going to happen because they they do hit a lot of threes. Uh, they went 7 of 15 in the second half. I felt like that was really what, you know, hitting those seven threes is what made this a lot closer than it was. Plus, Indiana using its second unit a lot more than it would in a in a tight game. I think that you know, kind of constricted a little bit at the end. Indiana put the starters back in. I don't know if that was really necessary, but turned out it kind of was to sort of stretch this back out to about a 20-point game. It wound up being 18, but felt like a 20-point win. Um, and, you know, Faulkner got hot there and was hitting just some ridiculous threes, and and I thought that <clears throat> for the most part what we saw in the first half was what Indiana really is, and that's a suffocating defensive team. And, and the second half was – you know, last game before the break, the last 15 minutes are going to be ragged anyway. And and I thought they did a pretty good, pretty darn good job, all things considered. But the thing I was going to focus on is the same thing you focused on, which was Xavier Johnson. I thought this was maybe his best game. And, and you know, you said his stat line doesn't jump out at you. And, and I agree. But if you look at the balance on that stat line, it kind of does. Eight points, five rebounds, five assists, only one turnover, two steals. He led the team with a plus 24 in 28 minutes. I just felt like he was uh, a sort of restrained version of what we've seen in that he was driving and picking his spots and, and, and attacking, but picking his spots. He would attack the rim on, you know, in transition. He would attack the rim when the offense got bogged down and they needed some movement instead of just attack, 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 attack yeah. without a plan. And so I thought it was much more, a much more mature performance from him. And his ability to attack complements what the big guys do so well. And obviously when you get, you know, Cop hit a three, Parker Stewart hit a three, you know, you get those guys on the perimeter, you open up space for them. Rob hit a couple. Um, you open up space for them by attacking and you open up space, of course, for the big men because people have to shade to you when you drive and they have to anticipate the drive. They can't play off of you and let you let that be absorbed. Um, <clears throat> and, and, you know, to sort of circle onto something else that we all know, you know, Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson are as good as any post duo in the Big Ten and front court duo in the Big Ten, and they will be this year. And this team has a higher ceiling than it has shown, I think, because of those two guys. They went 16 of 20 from the field tonight combined. They combined, only combined for 10 rebounds, but the rebounds were spread out across the team. They rebounded well tonight. It was just spread out to everybody. Guards were, were grabbing a ton of rebounds. So uh, I just think that when you have Johnson attacking and playing offense – in a mature, smart way, it changes what this team can do. When he's just attacking like crazy and and you know trying to shoot threes off the dribble and maybe pull up from 15 feet, like that's not his game. His game is attacking the rim, making the defense close to him and finding open guys, or attacking in transition, or distributing in the offense, keeping the ball moving. And so he did that tonight, and I thought that was you know his most impressive. Uh, performance and hey he's actually a pretty good free throw shooter he missed two tonight he'd have 10 points if he if he had made those two so uh really i thought a really mature solid performance from xavier johnson he showed what he's capable of as a point guard he's just got to be able to rein that in against better competition yeah and i think you're right i mean look the first half was a lot better than the second half but the first half is really what matters in a game like this you'd much rather if you're going to have an 18 point win you'd much rather it be like this where you jump out you have control early and if you're going to have a little bit of low, it's the second half, but you're, you're in control of the game the entire time, you know, and Indiana was that. So I think, you know, we'll allow for a little low and, you know, the opponent to kind of make some shots there in the second half. I don't, I don't want to, you know, downplay what was, you know, otherwise a really impressive victory. And I don't want to downplay either what race and trace did. Um, but I think the reason to not focus on that, you know, right off the bat is Northern Kentucky coming in 309th in the country in two point field goal defense. And they just don't have the size and athleticism to guard those two guys. And so I think coming in, you really knew or you figured that race and trace were going to dominate. And I think given the context of this season, there's such a microscope on the point guard play. And so, you know, that's where Xavier's performance today was really good. And I thought Rob Finnessy in the first half played really well, uh, you know, and for a while, his little stretch in the first half was actually what I was going to go with for the banner moment. Because if you recall, he came into the game uh, <clears throat> and had a stretch there where he scored seven straight points. You know, he knocked down a three, but the, the first two buckets that he hit were a couple of plays that we've really been wanting to see from Rob. You know, we've talked about how there are times when he'll get a step on his defender or there's an open lane in front of him and he'll kind of hesitate. 
you know, and he won't take the advantage. Well, in these two cases, he did. And the Northern Kentucky guy didn't leave Trace, which is probably a smart move. And, you know, instead of hesitating or kind of throwing an awkward pass to try and force it to Trace, Rob just drove right in, scored. And, <coughs> excuse me, man, we both have a cough. This could be rough for the uh, for the audience tonight. Yeah, that's that was my line you just stole. <laughs> yeah, right sorry. Um, but anyway, but, you know, it was 10-5 when that started. By the time Rob was finished with his little personal 7-0 run, it was 17-5, and the game was effectively over at that point. It really was. I mean, Indiana was up by 12. Northern Kentucky never really challenged again. And so, you know, it was nice to see, you know, Rob didn't have assists tonight, you know, whereas in the Notre Dame game, you know, he did a nice, I think he had five assists in that game. Tonight, he did more as a score. And we've been saying, look, it's nice <coughs> that Rob can play defense, that he'll get steals, that he'll have assists. At some point, you're going to need some scoring from him. He needs to contribute it, more. Yeah, and tonight we saw that. He was a little bit more aggressive when he had opportunities in the first half, and that was great to see from him. Yeah, and and really, like you said, you don't see the assists from him tonight. Uh, four of eight from the field, two of three from three, and though both those threes were were good shots. I thought the third was a bad one that he missed. Um, but two turnovers, no assists, but he did rebound. He got three rebounds. He only played 18 minutes. felt like he was out there more, uh, and he was plus five. The rest of the second unit was pretty much – in the negative and got sort of run off because Northern Kentucky played their starters against the backups. And again, in the second half, they started hitting shots, which they did not do in the first half. I mean, they, they were taking some of the same shots in the second half and we're just making them. And that obviously tends to even out over time, over a long enough timeline. Uh, but I thought that Rob was very aggressive defensively in the first half, as we've seen him. And I thought that getting that little seven Oh run actually made him more engaged defensively. And we've seen that with Rob before, that if he's playing poorly offensively, he tends to be a little bit more in cement defensively and sort of question himself and, you know, maybe not move as quickly. I thought he was aggressive defensively the entire first half. Really well done there. Um, I thought, you know, that drive where he hurt, he, you know, we don't know. He kind of turned his ankle a little bit. Hopefully it's nothing serious. Um, yeah, he's really has never been great in transition. And I felt like as soon as I saw him driving to try and maybe go for a layup on that, I, I just thought, this is bad news because I feel like when he's in transition, he tries to drive to get fouled as opposed to drive to score. And it looked like I know he stepped on the guy's foot and didn't get a didn't get a burst there, but it just felt like he was driving right into the guy's chest to try and get a foul. And, you know, on those plays, Rob needs to know his strengths and needs to be able to give the ball up or just pull it out. You know, don't don't drive into trouble. And I felt like that was an issue. And then he followed that up uh, a couple of plays later by firing a pass at Jordan Geronimo's ankles and, you know, in 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 traffic and it's we've seen him do that before so he's just got to make sure he once he gets to a certain level just kind of maintains he doesn't have to do anything spectacular just don't hurt the team on those possessions and maybe you know if there isn't a lane for you to get an easy layup in transition pull it back out you've already won by being in transition and getting you know a steal or a long rebound or something you've already won you scored a win there if there's not that easy basket don't give the other team a positive by driving right into it you know, driving yourself into trouble. So he's still got to work on that and that, that balance and finding that balance of, of continuing to, to allow yourself to have wins as opposed to win, 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 then like five losses in a row, you know, you've got to be able to continually have something to build on uh, in his play. If he's going to get to a level where he's going to be really contributing to and helping this team. Yeah. And, you know, while we're on the topic of point guard play, you know, we did get to see Christian Lander for a few minutes tonight and my takeaway is, I you know, we, we saw from his minutes tonight why he's not playing very much. The gulf between what Xavier was ready to do tonight and what Rob was ready to do tonight, what Lander was ready to do, it's a it's a big gulf, you know, and Lander has had his moments so far this season, um, you know, where he's kind of flashed some of that potential, but it's still just potential, you know, and so I think you saw, we've really seen some of the defensive issues come back with him the last couple games, I think, um, you know, and saw, uh, you know, a turnover tonight, so... You know, at this point right Here's now, I think that that's that's really just kind of a, a dead topic right now. I mean, he's going to have to get yeah. in and prove it in practice, and then eventually make some plays in games. But until further notice, it's pretty clear why X and and uh, and Rob are playing. The sure, minutes and, and and look, here's the here's the catch twenty two of that. He can practice as much as he wants. He can he can he can do whatever in practice as much as he wants. He's not going to get better unless he plays in games. But here's the thing. The coaching staff clearly doesn't feel like he can play in games right now. So it's a catch-22 for Lander. He's not going to improve defensively until he's out of the Anthony Leal, when he started playing this season, did not look good defensively. He looked okay. He put effort in, but he was making mistakes. 
through playing over the last couple of weeks, he looks so much better. Any coach will tell you there is a difference between practice and the games. When you're in a game, you improve so much more because you're playing people you don't know what they're going to do. You don't, you can't predict what they're going to do. You're not, you're playing people you're not familiar with. Whatever, you will improve tremendously by playing in games as opposed to playing. It's like the same thing. You want to get better in the off season of basketball? Don't shoot a thousand shots. Go play pickup. You will get better. It, it's the same concept. And Lander needs to play to get better. The problem is clearly the coaching staff doesn't believe that they can trust him right now and play him. And this would have been a great chance for him to play more, but they clearly wanted to get Rob more playing time. Uh, Xavier Johnson was clearly having a great night and they left him in longer. Uh, you know, that that's, that's a problem right now. There just isn't time for him to get in and to play more. And especially with someone like Leo playing 22 minutes, that's going to eat into his minutes. And, you know, Tamar Bates played 15, going to eat into his minutes. Uh, so, you know, I, uh, that's the thing. Christian Lander played four minutes tonight in a 20-point, in what was essentially a 20-point game. Um, you know, he's not going to get better unless he's playing more than that. Yeah. Um, the other thing, before I want to make a quick announcement, uh, but the other thing that we should discuss real quick, uh, change to the starting lineup tonight. Anthony Leal starts for Parker Stewart. Uh, clearly, you know, it was a coach's decision because Parker Stewart played in the second half. I've been looking at Twitter. I haven't seen anything announced or if Mike Woodson has addressed it. Uh, if he does, then we can talk about it here. Um, you know, seems like some, a punishment of some sort, probably. Um, coach's decision yeah, is what they said. So, yeah. So it's, you know, gotta be some sort of punishment for something. Um, but nice to see Anthony Leal get a start as JD Campbell uh, tweeted before the game, the first Bloomington player to start a game for Indiana. Uh, since the last game of the 2013 season, we don't need to mention any details of that game. But what Jordan game was Walls that? What happened in that just game? Don't even. We don't need to talk about it. You just gloat because you called it before that tournament. I know. <clears throat> I, I and I feel really bad. I said the one team, the one I team I didn't want to see our us God. Anyway, nice. You know, nice to see Leal start. Uh, my takeaway with with Leal, who has, I mean, you're right. You know, defensively he struggled early. He's been so much better. You know, and the numbers back it up. Indiana's actually been a better defensive team with him on the floor. Like, he's become a much more reliable team defender, not a guy that other teams can just go at and expect to be able to, you know, drive right to the basket. Um, you know, and he was able to get off some shots tonight. What was what was his final line? He finished with two points, you know, took three threes. I thought all the three-pointers that he took were pretty good. But one of the things that we're seeing from him, I think probably the thing that's improved the most is his passing. Five assists for Anthony Leal. You know, you can live with that. Like if he's, yes. if, if he's not going to make shots, he's got to be a guy who is getting the ball where it needs to go, and especially against the zone, and he did that tonight. So, and you know, look, he never I, hurts I think, you. <clears throat> he never hurts right. you. So he's got to be a guy, you know, look, if, if you give Anthony Leal three good looks, you're feeling pretty good that at least one of those or probably two is going to go down. Um, you know, so I think this was pretty close to Leal having six or seven points, five assists, four rebounds, and everybody feeling, you know, pretty good about his night. Um, so I think, yeah. you know, stepping in there in the starting lineup, he didn't look out of place. Um, and he's really, he's earned, you know, he's earned his, his ascension, uh, up the, uh, you know, up the rotation. And that's, that's a really good sign for him in his future. But I thought a solid night for him tonight, despite, you know, not shooting well. And that's okay because Leo's a guy you talk about, Hey, he's got to shoot well to, to add value. And look, probably against big 10 teams, honestly, he probably will need to, he may not get as many assists as he did tonight. But in a game like tonight, he was able to do a lot of other things that brought value to the court, even though he was missing shots. I'll say this: two of his shots were in and out. You know, I mean, it wasn't like they it wasn't like they were it wasn't like Race Thompson's three that was just nowhere near the rim. Um, <laughs> keep keep shooting, Race. Keep shooting. <laughs> uh, but no, what I'll say about him is the thing about Anthony Leal that is the most impressive that I've seen so far from him this year, and and the improvement on defense, as I said, has been stellar. Um, he's not a lockdown defender by any means, but from where he started to now, he always was an effort guy and he would always give you everything, but now he's in the right position. He's moving his feet with guys. He's not overextending himself. He's not, he reminds me a know, lot of got, Colin Hartman, like sophomore yes. year, Colin Hartman, where we, you know, we had hashtag Colin Hartman things reminds mm -hmm. me of that. No, 
And, and Leal, one thing he did a lot of early, and, and last year too you'd see him do it, is when guys would drive, he'd do the thing where guys move their hips into their into the, into the guy to kind of body him up. It's like, guys, that's a foul. No, just move backwards. It's, it's, it's easy. But it's an instinctive thing guys do to try and cut people off as they, they slide over with their hips out. And it's like, what, what are you doing? It, it, it's bumping him. It's a foul. They're going to call it every time. No, go backward, mirror him. And he's starting to do that a lot more. You'll still see him kind of try and cut guys off a little bit. Instead, you take that half step back. Instead, you'll be in much better position to guard. Um, he'll he'll get there, but it's it's a slight you know improvement every game. He's looking better, and off the ball, he's always in the right spot. He's scrambling to get to his guy, make sure there's not too much space, playing help side, being willing to help out. Um, he's doing a really good job. And and uh, but the thing that's impressed me the most is that he's a ball mover. He moves the ball and he finds the next guy and he's willing to sacrifice his shot for somebody else. He's willing to move the ball a little bit, you know, to create the space between two guys to be able to make the right path, willing to throw it to the high post, willing to throw it into the post. His one turnover tonight was actually a good pass into the post that race Thompson didn't seal his guy off and it got poked out. And it's, I'm fine with that. You know, it's move the ball, find the open guy, keep it moving, keep that flow going. And my, it's not surprising that Mike Woodson picked him, to start over, say, Tamar Bates tonight because Mike Woodson had said he really wanted more ball movement. Well, bring the guy in who moves the ball constantly. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's what Leo can offer you. Uh, eventually, the shooting's going to happen. It's, it's going to be fine. Uh, <clears throat> I think that maybe, you know, a little more game experience. He'll settle down a little on some of those threes. Uh, I thought one he, he fired, it, it, was, it was a good shot. He just fired it a little too quickly. And uh, that was the one in the first half. And... <laughs> Other than that, I, I thought it was a really solid performance, and and he really fit what they needed to do well. And he complimented the rest of the guys in the starting lineup well. Uh, Megan in the chat has this from Grace Ybarra, uh, who was at the press conference. Mike Woodson on not playing Parker Stewart during the first half. Quote, I'm not addressing that. That's an in-house matter. Okay, so some kind of suspension I figured that was, won't be Somebody addressed. predicted that's exactly what he'd say. Well, and that's all, that's all he needs to say. You know, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> that kind of stuff is going to happen. You know, from the way Parker was looking, it almost it seemed like the news might have been delivered right before the game, too, because he he was definitely a little bit out of it on the bench in the first half, uh, but came in, you know, found it knocked down that deep three pointer uh, in the second half, which is nice. He's clearly see. ready. Um, real quick, before I want, we move I, let on. Me, let me do one quote real quick that just came out uh, yeah. about Mike Woodson on race Thompson. He said, quote, there were a lot of things when I got here, people said he couldn't do and he's defeating all the odds. Anybody who's watched Race Thompson knew there were a lot of things he could do that he was not being utilized to do over the last few years. I think we all, everybody on this show believed in Race Thompson. It's staggering to me that anybody didn't believe that this kid could be this good. Like, absolutely staggering. And look what he's doing. He's as important as anybody on this team. And, and so kudos to Race for fighting against that and to also sticking at Indiana and thinking he could develop. It was a good subtle victory lap for you. I know. It's good. <laughs> hey, you were on that team too. It's not. No, no. Me. We all, like you said, we all were. We've seen it from race. You know, the only the only thing that's kind of been disappointing is we haven't seen the three point shot go down, and the free throw shooting hasn't gotten any better. But everything else about his game has gotten so much better, and he's his free you know, throw form has gotten a lot better. It's just not going in. They're not going it's in, just, but hopefully yeah. they will. Uh, hey, real quick before we move to segment two, I just want to make a formal announcement, and we'll have more details coming. But every year, you know. Since you know Ryan's in San Diego, I'm in Texas. Andy's in Cincinnati. Um, we try to come up once a year for a game and for a meetup. And so this year we're coming up. Really, there was only there's basically only one weekend that we could do it because we only have one home Saturday Big Ten game, and that always works Figure out your better. Stuff out Big Ten. I know, man. So we're coming up Saturday, February fifth for the Illinois game. It's currently slated to be a noon tip. Uh, and then that night, we're going to do an event at Switchyard. It'll probably start like around four-ish, go until seven or eight or who knows. Uh, we did this last year uh, after the Purdue game. Two years ago. It was, oh, two years ago. That's right. We couldn't come up last year. Um, and so we'll do a post-game show at Switchyard. I'm working on you know trying to see if we can get some players to you know to show up for that. We'll see if that happens. Whether they do, whether they don't, we'll be there, and hopefully as many of you will be there as possible. And that's what we really care about because it's a great opportunity to get to meet you. I know I've already heard from Jen 
and Kathy and several other people. Chad, Chat Mob Chad is going to be able to be there. You'll be a so, first timer at the meetup. I know. There's a lot of people that you know we've seen in the Chat Mob, and maybe they're in the community, or they've even hosted the show, and we've never actually met in person. And so it's going to be real fun. You're getting in town Thursday. I'm getting in town Friday. We don't know, you know, what all's going on on Friday yet, but for sure, my parents are going to be there, guys. Come on, you can meet my yeah. parents. See who actually spawned this. Yes. Um, if you hadn't met them before. Yes. They, they so anyway, awesome. so we'll we'll give you details, but we're going to be at that game at the Illinois game. Then we're definitely going to do something at Switchyard that night, and then you know we'll be out hanging all Saturday night. We would love to see as many of you as possible. It's the best part about coming up is getting to meet you all face to face. Uh, and just talk to so hopefully folks. we're celebrating a big win. Not just the event at Switcher, but then we go bar hopping afterwards. So you get to hang out with us and have a drink. Come on. Can't beat that. The uh, the lateness of the bar hops has gotten progressively less and less as we've got gotten older. I remember when we first we first went, you know, we were first doing meetups. We're staying out real late. Bars. Now I'm looking at my watch bars. by like 930 and I'm like... I gotta, you know, I gotta go last time, our first night, our Friday night after we, so we do a team dinner the first night we're in town, for those who don't know, and we went to Nick's last time, and there were some national champions at Nick's that yes. night. Uh, it was Garrett and Keith Smart. Dean Garrett yes. and Keith Smart were there. We were out until about 2 o'clock that night. I walked That's home with true. you. That is we true. Did stay. And the next day, paid for it. That's really true. paid for it. That's true. So, I don't know, man. Two years later, I don't, I don't know what my going to be like. World, we'll see. It's a different we'll world. We'll see. But it'll be fun. So please, if you can make it out there, uh, you know, come on out, come to Bloomington that weekend. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, so we hope to see as many of, the, many of you there as possible. All right. Coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's victory over Northern Kentucky, we'll point out tonight's meaningful moments that you might have missed, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey guys, it's Gene Steratore, CBS officiating analyst and retired Big Ten basketball official. You know I have never listened to the assembly call, and to be honest, I don't intend to. But if you listen, make sure you ignore anything Ryan says about officiating. He's really good from the seat of his pants, but I wouldn't trust him on the court with a whistle around his neck. Time has proven him wrong on virtually everything. Take care. We'll talk soon. Except for Race Thompson. Except for Race Thompson and maybe a few other things. Uh, You're listening to The Assembly Call. Thank you for that, Gene. Uh, I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips. We're breaking down Indiana's 18-point victory over Northern Kentucky. Ryan, it's time for tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed. And I want to talk a little bit about Jordan Geronimo, uh, who is just one of those guys who you always notice him. Like Jordan Geronimo very rarely plays without making a mark on the game. Sometimes that mark is good. Sometimes that mark is not so good. But he's always out there doing things. And look, he's improving, uh, you know, and making more positive marks than bad. But I thought in the first half... It was a really interesting sequence from him because one of the things that he struggles with the most right now in his career is playing offense against the zone. He was atrocious against Syracuse um, against the zone, just really struggled with the length, struggled to make quick decisions with the ball to know where it was going to go, to know when he needed to pass, to know when he could take one dribble, to know when to face up. He just he hasn't developed those instincts against the zone yet. 
And, you know, look, we saw it tonight. Uh, he had a, you know, made a bad decision dribbling in the zone. I think you texted right after that. You know, he's, he's got to stop doing that. Zone, and, you know, right now, Indiana's zone offense just really struggles when Jordan's in the game. But to his credit, he goes down defensively on the very next possession. And I think he switched with like three guys on the perimeter, kept all of them in front of him and flashed just what an incredibly devastating defender he can be. And then a couple possessions later, you know, instead of, you know, kind of playing down on the block or playing in the middle of the zone, he found himself out on the wing and drained a three-pointer, which really kind of made me think when we're playing zone offense with Jordan Geronimo on the court, I feel like at this point in his career, he should be on the wing facing up and potentially getting, you know, open threes instead of playing inside because he's just not ready to be a decision maker yet. Like, for instance, you could have Miller Cop and Jordan Geronimo on the court together. So Jordan can play four and then let Miller Miller Cop be that guy in the high post and let Jordan Geronimo, you know, face up and because he can make, you know, those open three pointers. Um, But anyway, you know, and and, you flash both too. Yeah. So Miller gets some three point opportunities. Yeah. So, you know, so offensively, you know, he, I mean, he finished with eight points, you know, and he had, you know, four rebounds, um, you know, but the three turnovers, but really what stood out to me tonight was I thought during that stretch where Indiana was really playing great defense, he was phenomenal. And you can really start to see what Mike Woodson envisions defensively with more guys like Jordan Geronimo, who can go inside, be athletic rebounders, finishers on the other end, but also play out on the perimeter and switch and take anyone from a one to a four. And Jordan Geronimo can do that. So, you know, look, he's just a, a continues to be a ball of potential and enthusiasm and excitement. Um, you know, again, some good, some bad, uh, but that defense, man, it is, it's really impressive and it's, it continues to be exciting to think where he could be down the road, uh, in his future, even as soon as this season. Yeah. And I think the thing Jordan struggles with offensively is his hands catching passes, dribbling, you know, in, in quick, in quick bursts and things like that, or catching in transit, you know, he can catch it, but it's catching and transitioning to maybe a, a play at the hoop or catching and turning and passing something like that. If he's just on the perimeter and can catch it, he's fine. But it's it's the second movement. It's that second motion he struggles. And, you know, if the ball's down at his feet or something, he, he can struggle with it. Um, but as far as as far as his athletic ability and using that on the defensive end, he's fantastic. And he's a great rebounder. He'll at least knock the ball around if it's in there. He's never going to – a rebound will be contested at the very least if Jordan Geronimo's in the area. Uh, but, yes, on offense, he still needs to sort of figure out his paces and, and sort of settle down a little bit against the zone. And – and just be calm and make smooth movements as opposed to he kind of jerks around when he's, you know, looking to do with the ball and he, he gets, he gets the ball in that high post and he's done it a lot of times this year. And his instinct is immediately to either shoot real quick or drive it through traffic. And you don't drive through the middle of a zone. If you're not a guard, you just don't do that because you're asking to run into traffic. And if you're not a great ball handler, it's a recipe for disaster. So it's a recipe for the ball to go out of bounds or for it to be taken from you or for you to put it off your foot because there's not a whole lot of room to operate. Um, so, yeah, I thought he was I thought he was good in spurts tonight, but I thought there was still that struggle, as you said, against zone offense, in zone offense. I just, I just think he's not there yet. Uh, but, look, this is a guy who stepped on campus and was incredibly raw. And so his development curve is going to take time. Uh, but you're seeing a lot of positive developments as far as his defensive instincts, being able to utilize that athleticism. Instead of just being athletic, he's utilizing it in a positive way too. By the way, big assist. And the three-pointer. Hit those three-pointers. Yes. Big assist to my daughter, who is staying up later than normal tonight to accommodate uh, the post-game show, just brought me some cough drops. So huge, huge assist to her. Um, The other moment that I want to talk about. Can you send me a few, please? Yeah. Eventually, we'll be able to pop those through the computer. The yeah. the metaverse isn't quite there yet, Ron. Um, the other thing, Trace Jackson Davis made, you know, again, you don't take too much from a game like this for Trace because an All-American should totally dominate Northern Kentucky. But I thought there were a couple of plays that were just kind of breathtaking. You know, one just shows the athleticism, the power, the footwork that he has. And that was that play in the second half where he kept it on a dribble handoff, did his little spin move and had the dunk. I mean, that's just a beautiful basketball play. You know, if you're just practicing on your own without defense, you know, to do that against a defense, it was a terrific play. And then I think it was in the first half, which kind of goes to what, you know, Mike Woodson, I know he had some comments about how, how well Trace and Race played together. Um, you know, but Trace got the ball, uh, you know, kind of towards the middle of the paint, drew a defender, and then just had the, that beautiful little no-look touch pass to Race Thompson. You know, and some of those passes we're seeing from Trace, 
are not things that we saw a lot from him his first couple of years. And, you know, once again tonight, he finishes with four finesse. assists. And we haven't yeah, seen a lot it of finesse is. from him. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, th- I just think he's, I feel like his court awareness is a little bit better. Uh, and just his ability to just handle the ball and not just to recognize that that pass is there, but to be able to make it. Uh, his assist rate this year is 12.8%. Yeah. Which is up. Uh, that would, that would certainly be a career high for him. So, you know, look again, Trace, 21 points, you know, six boards, couple of blocks, a steal, four assists, nice stat line for him, what you would expect, but sprinkled in there, some moves that just kind of show that he's on another level athletically. Uh, and even combining his athleticism with basketball skill now as a junior, where his first couple of years, it was just kind of more power and athleticism. And if he couldn't outpower or outathlete you, he was going to struggle. And look, we're going to see how much he's evolved in Big Ten play against Kofi and against Travion and Zach Eady and against Hunter Dickinson and against all of the other good big men. But based on what I've seen from him through, what have we played, 12 games now? Yeah. 11 games? How many is it? 11. No, 12 games, 10 and 2. And he has 10 and 2. Based on what I've seen, I feel like he's gone up another level and is ready to compete more in a matchup against a Kofi Coburn than he's been in the past. We'll see. But some of the moves that he made tonight kind of show the development that he's made. I know, you know, he hasn't, you know, he's not facing up and making shots. He's not shooting threes, which, you know, some people wanted. He hasn't expanded his game that way. But I think he's gotten better at the stuff that he was already good at. And he's improved even more, you know. At, at being able to do those things on a more consistent basis. We'll see. He has so much more control of his body in, yeah. in, 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 in every way. I actually, my meaningful moment was going to be that first possession. They came down, gave it to him and he just turned around and hit a hook shot. Didn't even think about it. Second mm-hmm. possession came down, made a layup. Like, I mean, they, they were, they, we've talked about slow starts and they came down and attacked with their best player. And he scored the first uh, six points for Indiana and Trace scored the eighth, uh, the the seventh and eighth on a, on a fast break. They went with what they know works to get them jump started in a positive direction. And he did it authoritatively. He wasn't sitting there backing a guy down for five minutes, you know, looking looking for an angle. He just went straight at them because he knew he was better than the guy he was going up against. He's going to need that confidence in Big Ten plays. You said we've seen him play against Kofi Coburn a bunch in college. He tries to go around Kofi Coburn instead of going through him. When you when Trace tries to go around people, tries to work angles off the backboard, you know, extreme angles off the backboard, tries to, you know, wiggle through people and stuff. No, no, no. He's at his best when he goes through people authoritatively. And that's what he's going to need to do for Indiana this year to have a shot, you know, at, at, at getting to where they need to get to. Yeah. Um Okay, let's go inside the numbers. This segment sponsored by the Power Rank, where our friend Ed uses data and analytics to make accurate football and college basketball predictions. He also writes an incredible March Madness guide every year, which we are going to have a special offer for you for once March rolls around. And by the way, he writes a bowl report, and so if you're looking for help, uh, you know, making picks for uh, bowl games, uh, I don't have the link handy. But if you're a subscriber to Six Banner Sunday, I put a link to it in last week's, and there will be another link to it in this week's. Six Banner uh, Sunday email newsletter that we put out. Um, so make sure that you check that. Uh, and you can go to thepowerrank.com slash AC to subscribe to Ed's free email newsletter, which you definitely should do. That's thepowerrank.com slash AC. All right, Ryan, we do not need to belabor this point because I really don't think there's that many interesting numbers about this game other than 10 and 2, <laughs> which is the most important number that you get coming out of it. Um, the thing that I like the most is uh, 20 assists, Indiana with 20 assists on 32 made field goals. Uh, and you had, you know, in your starting lineup, Xavier Johnson, five, Anthony Leal, five, Miller Cop three, Trace Jackson Davis, four. Uh, you know, Tamar Bates even came off the bench, had a couple of assists. Um, really nice job tonight. I thought when the zone offense was really working in the first half, as it usually does, it's quick decisions and ball movement. And the ball was moving on the pass, getting where it needed to go. I really... You know, look, not all zones are created equal, you know, so no. Northern Kentucky is not playing the same level of zone that Syracuse did. And Indiana, some other, another team played zone against Indiana, too. But they just they looked more outside of I think some of Jordan Geronimo's struggles. 
Um, I, I really thought the whole team just looked better and more comfortable against the zone, you know, because now they've just done it more. Um, you know, so it's nice to see that progressing. Uh, and then the turnover number, which is always important, you know, 13 turnovers for the game that ended up Five. being a turnover percentage of 19.7%, which is better than it's been, still not good enough, but only five turnovers in the first half. Um, yeah. And so that was That's a good number. I think some of those turnovers late, you get a little sloppy, you know, guys are thinking about Christmas, whatever. Um, but I thought overall the ball security was better. You didn't see Trace Jackson Davis just floating a one-handed pass. You didn't see Xavier Johnson, you know, going too crazy and, you know, Losing turning it over where there really wasn't even much of a chance of the play being made. Those are the turnovers Indiana has to get rid of, and they got rid of them tonight. And so you can see that in the numbers. So those are those are a couple that jump out to me. What other numbers jump out to you? Uh, well, seventy nine out of seventy nine points, forty eight in the paint. They really just they knew their advantage was there and they attacked it. Uh, Thirty one bench points is is always great. Uh, you know to see a balanced. I mean, the second unit was in far longer, so that was going to happen. But it just you know nice to see that balance. But you know, forty eight in the paint. 10 from the free throw line. So 58 or 79 were from the free throw line or the paint. And a lot of, let's be real, a lot of your free throws come from playing through the paint. So uh, <clears throat> a really good percentage there. Only hit five threes. I thought that they kind of took some bad ones in the second half just to fire something up. Um, so they wound up 33%, but 58% from the field uh, on the night. And again, caveat for the opponent, but they were taking good shots and they were, they were finding good shots and they were working the ball around. If you combine that with the assist number, they were working the ball around to find good shots. By the way, we forgot to mention perhaps the most meaningful moment of all. Logan Duncombe with the little jump shot there, there at the end. It wasn't a turnaround jump shot, but it was sweet nonetheless. And Logan Duncombe, you know, look, he's played in two of Indiana's last three games. He's two for two from the field, two for two from the free throw line. Uh, Indiana record for shooting percentage. <laughs> hey, the dude, the dude has skills. Coach Tonsoni, Coach Tonsoni is, he is definitely the president of the Logan Duncombe fan club. And I, I like Logan Duncombe. I think he's going to be a really good player, but I mean, you, you can, that shot, it looks smooth, you mm -hmm. know, like he looks confident taking it. We've seen him make a few good passes. The guy, he's got some skills. It's yeah. Nice to see. Go back and listen to my scouting report on him, guys. He's going to be a good one. I like him. It'll take a little bit of time for him to get strong enough for the Big Ten, but he's got some skill. I like hey, him One other number I do want to talk about, four for four, Michael Durr from the free throw line. Really nice to see. I thought he had some nice moments in the first half. Didn't do a ton in the second half, but I thought he had you know some nice moments, You know, scored six points. Um you know, he still kind of, he continues to struggle as a rebounder. Um, but I thought defensively, we saw him, you know, do some switching out on the, out on the perimeter, uh, you know, and do some of those things. Um, but that's what you want from your backup big man. You know, if he can come in, give you some solid defense, make some free throws, uh, that's important. So it was nice to see him uh, able to, uh, to do that this evening. Uh, let's keep this rolling here. Uh, coming up on the assembly call, we're going to hand out our game balls and the Hoosier Hustle Award. And uh, then we'll talk about any other lingering questions coming out of this game and uh, anything else that's on our mind. That's next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot or an episode of The Assembly Call. All righty. Thank you, Jordan. You're listening to The Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. Okay, but right real quick, but not this Thursday night, uh, because we are not going to do... We're not going to do a show tomorrow. Figure doing a post-game show tonight. Not a whole lot of new stuff to talk about tomorrow. Take some time off before Christmas. So no Assembly Call Radio this week. Um, but we'll be back with a post-game show next week for UNC Asheville. Um, but uh, make sure that you sign up for our newsletter for sure. Over 9,000 IU fans are subscribed. We're getting close to 10,000. Uh, you can join for free at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. Dot com. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's victory over Northern Kentucky. Ryan, it is time for the game balls. You go first. Who you gets your game ball? Ooh, that's a tough one. It's a tough one tonight. I think it is. Um, ah, across the board, looking at it, I think I'm going to have to go with Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, 21.6 rebounds, four assists, two blocks in 29 minutes, plus 21, nine of 11. Three or four uh, from the field, three or four from the free throw line. There are a couple guys you could easily give it to tonight, I think. And um, I think I'm going to have to stick with Trace, though. I thought that the way he started the game authoritatively just set the tone. And I think that carried through the game. And when he was on the floor, Indiana was clearly better. And, and as you mentioned with Geronimo and Durr, I thought they, they had their moments. But when he was on the floor, it, Indiana was just so much uh, more devastating to defend. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Trace too. Um, in large part because you know he was just he was so dominant in the second half offensively. Yeah, you know he and Race made sure that the game didn't get interesting. You know, just they just kind of took they brought them back in with about six minutes left. <clears throat> yeah, they just they were kind of the adults in the room in the second half that were like, okay, we're just we're all kind of we know that we're all planted about eighty percent of what we did in the first half. So we'll just we'll make sure that nothing gets too crazy here, no matter what happens over there on the other end. And so I agree with you. I mean, he was he was the best player. So, um, like you said, the numbers kind of speak for themselves. He was really efficient, did everything that you would want him to do in a game like tonight, including make his free throws. Uh, so Trace gets the game ball. Curious if the chat mob has any other thoughts. Uh, hat uh, tip. We got some, we got some race some race comments here. Yeah, hat tips to me from Ray, for race and Xavier Johnson. And Xavier Johnson. Think, yeah, are the two. But yeah. Trace just was so efficient tonight. It's so hard to give it to anybody else. Yep. So that is Trace's fifth game ball on the season. He leads the team. Race Thompson comes in next uh, with three. Uh, it is time now for the Hoosier Hustle Award. The Hoosier Real Hustle Award. Sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services, based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney. Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. Remember that prevention cannot be measured, so let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Well, I think you could go in a lot of directions yes. for the Hoosier Hustle Award, too. My initial thought was to give it to Race Thompson. Um, and this actually pretty much win it every game, let's be he real. He could. Um, but I there was actually there was a moment that I wanted to mention, and I'll mention it here. Um it, you know, we were talking about Christian Lander and, you know, in the first half, you know, he was kind of struggling. He came right in, you know, gave up a three pointer and then turned it over on his first possession, just had a bad entry pass. Um, and that was going the other way for kind of an easy layup. And Race Thompson busted his ass down the court and got that block shot, uh, which really, which basically kind of helped save, uh, save Christian from that being more of a disastrous uh, sequence. But man, that's just the kind of stuff that Race has been doing all season long. And that last kind of season. hustle. I mean, it's yeah, it really, it really is. So I was, you know, I was thinking about giving it to X um, because I, I think you could very easily give it to Xavier Johnson, who I think, you know, <clears throat> here's the thing with Xavier. I think what gets lost in all the discussion about his decision-making and his shot selection and some of the high leverage moments where he struggled, you know, like against Wisconsin and missed some shots is I think people sometimes overlook the fact that he really plays hard. He does. He plays hard on defense. You know, when he makes mistakes offensively, you know, he's making mistakes of effort and aggressiveness. And, you, you know, you always say you want to slow a guy down, not have to speed him up. Well, X, sometimes you want to slow him down a lot, but his motor is just always going. Um, I want to say, I want to say something here about that, though. 
This team plays hard. They like do. It does. It across. But the he's board, a big part of that because yeah. he's he he has the kind of just personality and force of nature Definitely that he's tone. going to just you know his will is just going to be on whatever team he's playing on. Yeah. You know, and that actually helps this team sometimes because when Trace is struggling a little bit with his energy, this team can get it from Xavier Johnson, where they didn't have a guy like that last year. You know, and so that's a big part of the value to me that he provides and why, you know, I did a, a, a statistical analysis in our community of, you know, now that we have, you know, I think there's six games against halfway decent competition, you know, looking at some of the on off numbers. And Xavier Johnson's on-off numbers are as compelling as anybody's. You know, Indiana right now has an efficiency margin of plus 0.16 when Xavier's on the court and minus 0.17 when he's off the court. It's the biggest difference between any single player. And I think a big part of that is because just the energy and the aggressiveness that he provides, even when he's making mistakes, this team still really benefits from that. So I don't know. You can give it to either guy. I think I'm going to go with Trace um, for seniority. Trace. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm race. sorry, race. I'm going to go with race for seniority. Uh, and who are you going with? Are you going with race? You are missing the big one, man. Anthony Leal in his first collegiate start. I thought he was excellent uh, tonight. I thought he was all over the place defensively. I thought he did a really good job. I thought he kept the ball moving on offense. Uh, I, I thought he was a difference maker. Uh, you know, even though he only had two points, he had four rebounds, five assists, only one turnover, a steal. Uh, I, I, I give it to Anthony Leal, the hometown boy, for his first start. I thought he really provided a lift. And, and was pretty darn good, uh, even though I think, you know, Parker Stewart plays in that position. He probably hits a couple threes and does well as well. But I'm giving it to Anthony Leo, man. I thought he was excellent tonight. All right. Well, chat mob, it's over to you. Uh, I went with race. Ryan goes with Leo. Amazing. Yeah. I didn't vote for the guy that I always vote for for this, too. It's like the one. Time well, that's the thing. I, I mean, I, you could give it you could give it to several guys. And I don't really think anybody could argue. So who you got? Let's go, chat mob. It's down to Leela Race. Who you got? Let's fire. Let's fire these out here. Uh, we've got a. I got. We've got a few people throwing in some votes for X. We'll see. That's not okay. one of the options, guys. It's not. I know you got to go. You got to go, Leal or you got to go, Leela Race. So put your vote in. We will count that up. You can also let's see, Leal Race. Jen goes Leal. Is that race? Race. Race. Leal. It's pretty even. Can we give you a vote? Okay, so yeah. for the Notre Dame game, we ended up splitting it three ways between Race, Parker, and Rob. It's going to be real hard to keep track of this if we continue to do fractional, fractional who's your Just hustle give words. them each one. That instead of doing the the half, let's just give them each one. It's I think I think that's fair. If it's, it's a much more sensible way, this is dead even. It's a much more sensible way to do it. All right, this, fine. This, this vote fine. is dead even. Okay. Race and Anthony Leo both get one. Hey, that's Anthony Leo's first Who's Your Hustle award. That's kind there of surprising. First of many, I think, for Mr. I Real. think so, too. He's a, First he's, of many. He works hard. Um, all right, so lingering questions coming out of this game. Uh, and feel free, chat mob, to throw yours in there. Here's one that I will toss out real quick. Um, but I want to look at a number real quick before I do so. Um, Tamar Bates. So obviously he didn't play for the Notre Dame game. He was home for a funeral. Um, you know, tonight plays 15 minutes, a couple of points, a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists. Hit a really um, nice you know, pull up. Yeah. No, the, yeah, the pull up right after you had texted that it was a rough night for him. Was, the very next possession. Yeah. <laughs> offensively, I thought he was fine defensively. I offensively, I thought he was struggling. To, he was struggling to find his spot in that game, you yeah. know, because I think they were doing a really good job covering the three-point line on the wings. And he wasn't really driving or finding, you know, areas to attack. And I just thought he was he was really struggling to find his spot in that game. And then again, he got a reversal, took took a dribble and 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 knocked down that jumper. I thought it was really nice. So what are your thoughts on his development so far? Because I think, you know, him developing into a consistent threat, I think is really important if this team wants to be a top four or five. Big Ten team. Like, that's one of the differences between this team being sixth or seventh in the Big Ten and maybe third, fourth, fifth, you know, or somewhere better. You know, I think he's flashed some of the shooting. You know, I think you think back to the Nebraska game, you know, he flashed the ability to take over offensively. I'll tell you the one thing that I'm a little bit surprised by with him that I thought would be better is he's really active defensively. He's long defensively. You know, we know that he's had, you know, some issues with defensive awareness like a lot of freshmen do. He's He doesn't generate a lot of blocks and steals. Nope. Which is surprising to me. 
Well, you know, but with a lot of guys, it comes right away. Like if you're just, a I think disrupt- he's a half. He right now he's just a half step slow, and I think yeah. that's a freshman trait. And and here let's let's be real. He has those skills, but in high school, he was probably so. I mean, I know he played in, against great competition, but for most of his high school career, he was so much better than everybody that he could be a half step slow and make up for it with that length and that athleticism and that you know just innate basketball ability. I think the defense will come for him, especially with a guy like Woodson coaching him. I, I don't. I'm not worried about that long term. I think he's actually had games where he's played really well defensively and been right where he's supposed to be, and is able to use that like to discourage shooters and use that athleticism to discourage drivers. Uh, the key for him is just going to be consistency, as it is with every other freshman. And again, you know, to not be at the Notre Dame game, which probably would have been a really good chance for him to maybe have some drives available and maybe have you know, a chance to, to use his athleticism offensively and then have to come back in. Um, you know, I, I just think that it's hard with freshmen because you can never tell when they hit that wall and need to fight through or if it's just, hey, he just kind of had a slow game tonight. And, and eventually every freshman pretty much hits the wall dead on and for two games you get nothing from them. And then most tend to fight through it and find their second win and fight through it. So I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's hit the wall or anything, but – having an up and down performance from him over a a stretch of a couple games isn't shocking again freshman and he's a freshman guard too and guards struggle more than the big guys do because the big guys can just turn around and lay it in and and make it look like even when they're playing poorly they can put up numbers uh even when they're you know not really having great performances uh so yeah being a guard who relies on shooting a lot relies on getting to the hoop he's going to struggle statistically from time to time this year when he's actually not playing that poorly. So I think he's just still trying to figure it out. And let's be real. He doesn't look great against zones offensively. And I use faced some teams that have used a lot of zone this year. So I think that might be sort of hindering his development one-on-one. He's going to be a phenomenal one-on-one player, Uh, especially when he's out on the floor with other guys who can attack and he doesn't have to face the best defender on the other team. No, yeah. I mean, I'm perfectly happy with his overall development. I think he's kind of right where you would want him to be. He's flashed some scoring, which is what you're going to get early on, and you hope that's more consistent. I guess my only point is just with his size and athleticism, he's a guy that I thought would be more disruptive defensively. And usually with guys who are going to be, you know, your guys who get steals, your guys who get blocks, that shows up right away, typically, in their numbers. And it's not with him. And so it's just, it's interesting to me. Is that, is he going to be a guy where he's a real late bloomer with that kind of stuff? Or is he just more of a solid team defender that doesn't have the instincts to be real disruptive? Because it seems like he's got the physical abilities. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's something to watch because I think if he is that sure. kind of disruptive defender, think about Victor and OG and Romeo and some of those guys who have been real disruptive defenders young in their career. I kind of thought Tamar might be that guy. He just hasn't been yet. So it'll be interesting to see if that comes along for him. It will be, and and we'll see. And and I think that you know we're only ten games or twelve. What is it? How many games? Twelve games into the career? Gosh, it, yeah. when you're winning, it's harder to keep track. When when you're losing, I've got the <laughs> the, the record like this. But ten and two, uh, twelve games into his career, really eleven games into his career, uh, it's it's kind of hard to tell uh, what we're going to get from him on that end of the floor. I think he'll be fine just because of the athleticism, whether he's disruptive or not, and gets deflect, you know, a lot of deflections and things like that. We will see. Uh, but I, I, I think that, you know, as far as upside goes on the roster, he has the highest upside of anybody on this roster. I still believe that uh, even higher than than Trace. Um, does he get there? That's the big question is, can he develop into the guy he's capable of being? We'll see. What is your sense right now? Um, last question before we kind of move on. What's your sense right now for where Indiana stands in kind of the Big Ten hierarchy? Like, as we get ready for Big Ten play, have you shifted at all where you think this team is going to finish based on how Indiana has played and what you've seen from the Big Ten? Or are you kind of more or less where you were at the beginning of the season? Well, the interesting thing is the Big Ten's not as good as I thought it would be. Um, yeah. And it hasn't really shown to be as good. I mean, I always thought Indiana was starting from a place where they'd be in the top half. And then a couple factors would decide – how much higher they went or lower from that. I think they're still in the top half. The question is, can they get up to that five range, the four or five range, or are they going to be sitting in that six, seven, eight, maybe lower range? So I, you know, I don't know right now because they should have won all 12 games, quite frankly. 
if you look at the way they played and look at who they played and how they played, they should be 12 and 0. They should have beaten Wisconsin. They should have beaten Syracuse. Um, you know, in overtime, I know, I know they played terribly in the first half of Syracuse. That's really what lost in that game. But one or two plays goes differently in overtime of that game. You do beat Syracuse. Uh, the second half, just don't show up against Wisconsin and you lose that game. Um, so they deserve to lose, but they should have won both of those. But the problem is if you look at the schedule and you say you should have won, you should be 12 and 0, but you look at the schedule and you're like, well, is that that impressive? Um, because Wisconsin, I don't think is that great. And they were ranked, but I don't, I don't think they're that great. Syracuse, eh, what are they right now? They're, they're not great. Um, but that said, the Big Ten isn't as good as we thought it was. So, I, you know, it's really hard to figure it out until we get into conference play. It's going to be really hard to see how this team matches up. I do think the Big Ten is going to be incredibly matchup dependent this year. I think you're going to see teams that you think have no business beating another team, beating them because of a certain matchup or one or two matchups that go their way. Do I think Indiana is on, sadly, is on Purdue's level, can take down Purdue right now? Absolutely not. They need to get much better to do that. And, and, and other guys need to contribute more consistently. They need to be able to put 40 minutes together, which we still haven't really seen that much of. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of question marks for this team heading into the new year. And usually by about the end of December, you know what you've got uh, to, a, to a degree, and you know where it can go. There's a lot of questions right now. And – I think that first two weeks of Big Ten play is going to tell us a lot. Well, yeah. I mean, look, we're, you know, to Christmas, and Indiana hasn't played a team currently ranked better than 32nd in Ken Palm, you know, and that's Wisconsin. That's one game against Wisconsin. You know, otherwise, Syracuse 68th, St. John's 79th, Notre Dame 57th. And again, I think we know why the schedule was set up the way that it was. I think it was a smart way to set up the schedule. Transitional, yeah. Yes, you're going to, you know, assuming you know, no new year's disaster happens against UNC Asheville. You're going to enter big 10 play 11 and two. That's what you needed to do. And now you win a minimum of nine, 10 games to get to that 20 win mark. And you're feeling like you're, you know, cause all this team just has to get back to the tournament. That's it. We've got the program needs to get back to the tournament, come hell or high water, no matter what happens. But it is now interesting that we haven't really had a true measuring stick stick game at Wisconsin is kind of that, but not really. I mean, you know, now once Indiana starts playing the Illinois and the Ohio States and the Purdue's, it's it's the Michigan States. It's going to be really interesting to see. Um, that first I like, week. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no. I mean, I you know, I, I like some of the things that I've seen. I think Xavier Johnson gives us a dynamic we haven't had. I think Parker Stewart gives us a dynamic that we haven't had. I think Trace is better. So I feel better about our ability to navigate some of these choppy waters than I have in a while. But there's still a lot of question marks. You know, and it, it does feel like a season where Indiana is going to win a couple games where you're like, oh, wow, that's a big win. And then drop a couple where you're like, come on, guys, <laughs> you know, you which what. is kind of what the Syracuse and Wisconsin games were, you know, Jared, so we're going to learn about a lot about this team against Penn State. Do they show up on the road? Like because they're two road games, they blew. I mean, you can't if yep. you don't count the Crossroads Classic as a true road game. They're two road games. They blew. And that's a Sunday game. Yeah. Then. They play Thursday at home against Ohio State, and they're unbeaten at home right now. Can they play a full game against a top 15 team? And then you got to follow that up again with their third game in a week against Minnesota. Who's so, much better than anybody thought this year. And, and, that, and that's a noon tip-off, too, which Ooh. usually does not go well. So you're going to learn a heck of a lot about this team in the first week of Big Ten play. I yeah. really think that. Uh, you know, and then they travel to Iowa on a Thursday night, like, I mean, and then at Nebraska right after that, again, those are games you should win yeah. or at least show well in, but you got to actually do it. You know, it's, it, 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 regardless of what I think you should do, you have to actually do it. And so the two road games, they have not shown up for one half of both of those road games. So can you, do yeah. you go out and play even 30 minutes against Penn State? Look, if they played 30 minutes of good basketball against Wisconsin and Syracuse in regulation, they win. They didn't do that. So yep. can they do it against Penn State? Yep. All righty. Well, once again, no assembly call radio coming uh, on Thursday, but we will be back uh, next week to talk with you uh, after the UNC Asheville game. I think Andy might actually be at that game, uh, but we'll be back here with the post game show after that one. Uh, remember to check out our friends at Homefield Apparel. Use the promo code HOME. 
at checkout to get 15% off your first order. Ryan, it's time for last call. Your final thoughts on this victory over Northern Kentucky. Yeah, we saw some good stuff tonight. Uh, Xavier Johnson played what I think, even though the numbers aren't as, as big as he's had, uh, maybe his best game as a Hoosier, just very mature and calm and led the team from the front. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis continues to be an All-American. Race Thompson is his running buddy, is a, is a great Robin to his Batman. Uh, and congratulations to Anthony Leal for uh, his first start as a Hoosier. I thought he played really well. I thought the whole starting lineup played played pretty well. Um, and then we saw some flashes from guys like Rob Finnessy, Michael Durr, uh, Jordan Geronimo, as we mentioned. So a, a really solid win top to bottom. Uh, I thought the first half was as well as they played in a while, regardless of opponent. I just thought it was a really solid, smart first half. Second half, right before Christmas break, you're going to get some fading there. Uh, but but really a good showing from Indiana before the break. Didn't have the second half let down to the degree they might have and 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 still accomplish the goals they needed to. So a solid win. You end up 10-2 and two before, before Christmas. Uh, I think before the season, a lot of people would have been really happy with that. You wish the opponents you'd played had been a little better and had, had been doing a little better, so it looks a little better. But 10-2 and two before Christmas, chance to go 11-2 and two before Big Ten play uh, really kicks off is, is a pretty good spot to be in. Indiana won. <clears throat> Nobody got hurt. And the point guards played well. I don't think you could ask for a whole lot more than that uh, for one of these final tune-up games for Indiana. So solid victory for Indiana tonight. Um, we just, you know, on behalf of coach and Andy and Ryan and everybody that's part of the assembly call team, we want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas, uh, happy holidays. Uh, you know, we'll still see you guys on Twitter, see you in the private community. We'll have discussions there, uh, but no show for a little while. Uh, and again, mark your calendars, February 5th, we will be up. So if you're anywhere in the area, if you can get to Bloomington, um, we would love to have the chance to meet you. We'll be doing that show at Switchyard after the game. We'll be at the Illinois game. And then also the women play the next day against Purdue at home. So I got to see, I might be able to like get to the first half before I have to run out to catch my flight in Indianapolis, but I'm going to try and get to some of that game as well. Um, but thanks for being here. Thanks for making this another awesome, awesome year, calendar year of talking IU basketball. I know we have one more show before uh, the end of the new year, but you know, it's awesome. Uh, it's such a pleasure being able to do this show for you all. And, uh, you know, to be able to do it with you, Ryan, nice to, Nice to have another show with us doing this together. We haven't done a two-man show in a long time. We have not. It's usually a, it's usually a three-man weave, not a two-man show. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's nice to get the two-man combos every now and then. It's go, better when, when three or four of us are here. I feel like every I know now and then, it's nice to get the two-man. What did you say? So I feel like I know you a little bit better after this. I feel like we drift apart, you know, when it's, I agree. When you, you're, you're paying too much attention to other people. So it's, <laughs> you know. All right. <laughs> it's true. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show. And special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. And thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday to talk after IUUNC Asheville. Until then. Take it from me, Rob Finnessy. Keep your eyes on the rim and your elbows in. Go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Ryan's being stupid again. Andy. (laughs) Uh, I got to go get my daughter to bed. All right. Happy holidays, everybody. Same to you, man. Same to you. We'll see you all next week. Later. See y'all.